Happy New Year, Dub Nation. Dieter Kurtenbach, myself, Cyrus Sotz. Is Dieter, you ready to do this? Let's make it happen, Captain. Let's go. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Dieter, how you doing? How was your holiday break? We had one show last week. We're back in in action now. You were in Florida. Yeah, what's going on with you, man? What's new? There's a lot, man. Uh, Just just laying low, right? That's that's what you do. I I spent time in Florida where most people are on the lam. Uh, Did not see uh, Wes Goldberg at all. So uh, I count all of this as a win. And uh, listen, was able to watch uh, that Warriors Jazz game on the plane. Uh, I had a couple of outbursts on an airplane. I know that you know nice. the FAA is warning against you know unruly passengers. With the way that early part of that <laughs> game was refereed, I was about to become an unruly passenger. And uh, <laughs> but uh, all in all, man, I, I got a little bit of tan going on. I uh, got some humidity up in my system, and the Warriors nice. got a, a really impressive win over the Utah Jazz. And, and that's what we should talk about, right? Because that's a big one. Let- yeah, and I'm going to let you take the lead because uh, and I'm, I'm just going to skim over this. But the last yeah. week, I've been just completely MIA. My my dog passed away. For those of you who are dog owners, you can hopefully understand the pain that comes with that. So I've just kind of been kind of hiding under a blanket. Um, I didn't. And on top of that, I'm fighting a cold, which uh, I'm hoping is not COVID. I got it from my, my stepson who tested negative. But okay. who knows how accurate these tests are. With that said, the point is, is that I have not been as as much of a student of the game as I should have been this last week. So I'm glad you watched the game. What are the takeaways that you got from that Utah Jazz victory? Well, first and foremost, give it up for, for Otto Porter, man. He has been unbelievable for this team as of late. And with Draymond Green out, um, I, I was wondering how, how the defense would look. I was wondering how the offense would operate. And, and Porter, I don't know if it's just a hot streak. This clearly isn't sort of the normal for Otto Porter, but let's not forget this is a guy who's made a ton of money in his NBA career. He's no schlub. And while he might be on the minimum for this Warriors team, uh, he's not playing like a guy who's on the minimum. This is this is sort of the dream, right, for the Warriors. We, we talked about this all this past offseason. Let's get some ring chasers back in here. We had yeah. this great experience not that long ago with David West, who, who certainly punched above his pay grade in the latter part of his career, trying to get a couple of rings. And I think that most Warriors fans, and, and myself included, thought that this could be a year where the Warriors would get back into that sort of ring-chasing ball game with free agents. And it didn't really work out that way, if we're being honest. Right. The top guys went to Brooklyn. They went to, to Los Angeles. And the Warriors kind of got held holding. Um, uh, listen, it, it was a secondary option, maybe a Scraps. third option marketplace. And I know a lot of people yeah. weren't thrilled about it. But both Nemia Bielitsa and Otto Porter ha- have given the Warriors big minutes this year. Porter, it looks like an absolute steal, especially when you compare him to some of the other guys. Patty Mills excluded in Brooklyn because he's been incredible. Uh, right. he, he looks like a steal on that minimum 
minimum contract thing. And, and he's he's come up absolutely huge over the last 10 days or so. 9 of 14 from the floor against Utah, 20 points. Uh. And what I'm loving and we've talked about uh, is the defense. Uh, he's not Draymond Green. Nobody is. But when you play Gary Payton II as your starting two guard, your defense is going to be elevated. And Otto yeah. Porter, I think, is a much better defender than I ever gave him credit for early in his career. And I think that he's even surprising the Warriors with how good of a defender he is. He's playing a lot of the five now. Um, you th- you put Looney in there. And Looney was, I thought, really good uh, against Utah. Wiggins, who has been playing like an all-star, uh, one yeah. of the best players in the league in the Western Conference this year. I don't know how, if we want to say league, it's probably a more wide, uh, wide uh, blanket of judgment. But He's certainly been one of the best players in the Western Conference this year. Curry, who has been crazy good on defense. Mm-hmm. I'm loving this five-man lineup. I'd like to see more of it. I know guys are going to come back. Clay Thompson's going to return to the lineup. James Wiseman's going to show up. Obviously, Draymond Draymond might play uh, tonight uh, against the Miami Heat because he's out of COVID protocols. But right. I want to see more of Wiggins, Porter, Looney, Peyton, and, and Curry. There's something really nice about this, and it, it was the driving force in my estimation behind a very big win over a Utah team that I think I'm building up some legitimate disdain for uh, in a very <laughs> short period of time. I was, uh, the, we, I, I don't like to bag on the referees and we know that the referees are eating it right now. When it I comes do to COVID and stuff. Well, uh-huh. I, I, listen, you, you can, what is and isn't is what is called. I'm trying to take a stoic <laughs> mindset to this sort of a thing. And there's a lot of G league guys out there and, and you know, it's tough. It, it's a tough, it's a tough job. And it's made even tougher when everything's up in flux. But boy, Utah, uh, I, I know that they play. Uh, I like Quinn Snyder. I, I think that they play a very uh, attractive brand of basketball when it's clicking. Agreed. But boy, they're kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't know how to put it any lighter. Like at the end of that game, I was begging for a seven game series because I'm like, I, I needed, uh, maybe I'm just trying to place the disdain that I had lost <laughs> over the last two years, like this empty part of my bl- empty part of my black heart that was once filled by hatred of the Houston Rockets and James Harden yes. basketball. And yes. while the, the style of basketball is appropriate and, and something that should be lauded, I, I just I, I don't think I like the Utah Jazz, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm sh- it's honestly an indictment on me that we've made it this far into the season, and I may be just discovering this about myself, but. Rudy Gobert sure wants a lot of credit for just being a tall guy, and I didn't find him to be all that impressive. And Mike Conley was flopping all over the place, and <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it felt as if, um, especially when you take into account the home court whistle they were getting, which was prodigious in that contest, um, it, it really did feel as if Utah um, sort of enjoyed being the foil to the Warriors. And you know what? Credit to them. I'd, I'd love to see a worthy adversary. We've talked about this a bunch. Like, I have a hard time feeling negative emotions towards the Phoenix Suns. Um, I can I can, I can build it up for the Utah Jazz. I think we might have something here. And they're a damn good team, and I would sure like are. to see seven of those. I think the Warriors would win in about five or six. I feel confident in that, and certainly – Saturday's game a great example as to why but um yeah there's there's a little there's a little something there there's a little I think the Warriors felt it a little bit too and uh 
hey, now now you know you're really in basketball season. We're starting to get a little bit of hatred amongst us. <laughs> and when we say hatred, I always like to say sports hate, right? It's not like genuine hatred, but but I would as love part it to of... be genuine hatred. That would make our lives a whole <laughs> lot easier. But in fact, it's just a, a general uh, irking that that comes along with playing yeah. competitive games for millions of dollars. But that's what that's the beauty of sports, right? I mean, the rivalries and you, you develop these emotions that are completely irrational against other individuals and teams. The the Otto Porter Jr. thing is fascinating in the sense that you, you mentioned his, his uh, that that allegory to David West. Mm-hmm. I mean, the difference is Otto Porter Jr. I think is like eight years younger. Right. And um, and this is a player. Uh, and, and the similarity is that they're both David West was a former all star. I can't remember if Porter was an all star, but he played at that level. That's well, why he, he earned that huge made, contract he made all star money. That's for sure. Absolutely. And so the Warriors are stoked. Honestly, like my one concern with Otto Porter Jr. And I know I'm looking way ahead is mm-hmm. is how are you going to keep this guy after the year? Because I don't yeah. think you can you can offer him much more money besides mid-level exception. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of the of the uh, uh, the Bobby Portis situation in Milwaukee, where they mm. couldn't offer him a ton of money either. Uh, but he he came back, and then hopefully the following year is when they can offer him the big money. But yeah, um, my my big concern with Porter is how do they make sure that he keeps those legs fresh? Right, like there's a reason yes. the guy was on the minimum, and they've been asking a lot of him lately, and he's been coming through. It's been a really nice scenario for both parties. But he, I I, I don't recall too many. I think there's been a couple. Uh, too many veterans rest days. Uh, they, they probably need to start once they get back to full health. And again, I, I do think that that moment is coming sooner rather than later. Uh, they need to figure out some ways to get Otto Porter off his legs because I, I think he's going to be a critical player for this team. Yes. When, they, when they short Agreed. shorten the rotation to nine, eight guys, and most teams at seven, eight guys, for the Warriors it's going to be eight, nine guys come playoff time because strength in numbers and all that. Uh, yeah. Porter Porter's going to be a huge part of that. And I think that, you know, if he gets hot, he's going to be closing games. Um, it's, it's been just such a wonderful pickup for, for golden state. And I think that even if it isn't as good as it has been over the last couple of weeks for the rest of the year, we can all just chalk this one up as a big win for Bob Myers and, and a big win for Otto Porter too, because of what you just mentioned, uh, there are going to be people looking to give him, more money than he's gotten and that will be up to him but that that's a long ways away and, and maybe there's a ring in between now and then and no hard feelings if that's what happens all said and yeah done. no in all honesty the only the only uh, person or group taking the l in the auto porter junior signing is the entire rest of the nba right uh because and when we come back from this this uh, quick uh, timeout, uh, i want to ask you and we'll both get into this, what the ideal Warriors closing lineup is going to be, because that might be sort of a conundrum. Um, so we'll talk about that. And uh, I, I've, I've, Dieter, I finally figured out the share screen option for the YouTube viewers, <laughs> and I'm having a delight with it. So we're going to okay. actually select um, our all-star teams when we come back to you. Real quick, though, oh, first. Fantastic. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's coming up fairly soon. But first, um, I haven't still haven't had a chance to try it yet. I'm waiting for, for uh, my package to arrive of Built Bar. You've tried it. You've oh. raved about it. Uh, and, like, that's a legitimate raving. They're, like, they're paying <laughs> us. Let's be real. Like, they're paying yeah. us to say this, but, like, I've had Built Bars before. I've purchased Built Bars with my own American currency. Oh, there you go. That's, that's a true stuff. endorsement. That's some a true endorsement. Stuff. And for a lot of people, when the new year comes, you have those ridiculous resolutions that most people don't stick to, but they try. Uh, and at the top of the list is always weight loss and increasing your health. Well, Built Bar can actually help you get fit. It could actually help you eat healthier. 
Um, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. It's easier to stick to your resolution with Built Bar. You want to eat healthy, it gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's right. the chocolate? Built Bars are <laughs> in 100% real chocolate. The best part of, of all these Built Bar reads, yeah. Dieter, is the where they tell you about dipping it into a piping hot cup of <laughs> And I then you get like, dry, but you know, it, okay, it's each their own. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, well, anyways, there's so you many flavors. You, you make it happen, you know, dip it you into hot chocolate. I think it's kind of defeating the purpose <laughs> of the whole like healthy lifestyle if you're just drinking right, right. hot cocoa. But you know, uh, maybe, maybe you're just enjoying it for the sweet, sweet built bar flavors. And, and if that's the case, you know, knock yourself out. I, I'm here because I'm trying to get stacked, and built bar is going to help me with that. That's that's what I've learned from these reads over the last couple of weeks. Oh, I love it. And both our, fl our favorite flavor, I believe, is cookies and cream, but there's a lot of oh, flavors yeah. to choose from. Just go to Built.com. Use promo code uh, uh, LOCKED15. Again, the mm -hmm. promo code is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Built Bar. Check it out. It's delicious. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Thanks. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysts from our local experts. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. I've been a guest on there it is a fun time. Um, uh, really, uh, Dieter, closing uh, yeah. five. Let's say, let's say it's the Western Conference uh, Finals. Okay. Warriors, Suns. Uh, I don't think the Warriors going to play the Jazz, in my opinion, because I think it's going to be Suns, Jazz in the second round. So the Warriors yeah. going to deal with a tough Grizzlies team or someone else who sneaks in there, maybe Dallas. Mm -hmm. uh, who's the closing five? Five minutes to play. It's game five. The Warriors going to close the series out to go to the NBA Finals. You like those little digs I'm throwing in there at the other team? Like it's it's, it's going to be a five game series. Uh, so uh, who's your starting five? I think Steph's obvious. The closing five. But we're we're going to make the the assumption that Clay yeah. Thompson will be back in ninety percent, mm -hmm. so he's going to be in there. Draymond Green is in there. Mm -hmm. Who are the other two? Honestly, as of right now, uh, I think. Well, let, let me backtrack and show my work first. Okay. You have to remember who the head coach of the team is, and. Steve Kerr is going to err on the side of defense, right? He wants right. to make sure that his team can get stops. It doesn't matter who you throw out on offense. Steve Kerr is petrified of the concept of not being able to get defensive stops. And, and it makes sense. This team is predicated on getting out in the open floor, and you're not getting out in the open floor if you're picking the ball up after it goes through the hoop. I've heard right. it a million times. And it's true. And you see the Warriors at their best, especially in a league where offensive rebounding is non-existent. You see the Warriors at their best when they play great defense, loose balls, steals, long rebounds, go, go, go. And that applies even in late game scenarios because most teams want to slow it down, get into half court v half court. So Gary Payton II would be part of the closing lineup in my estimation. Because wow. What he, well, you have to think about, you also have to think about this, right? You have Wiggins and you have Clay. I don't know what Clay is going to be right now. We can hope and, and perhaps even presume that Clay Thompson is the old Clay Thompson. 
but Clay Thompson versus Chris Paul has always been a tricky matchup because hmm. Clay's much bigger, and Chris Paul is really deft. And um, I think that you need somebody out there for Devin Booker, obviously. Yeah. You need somebody out there for Chris Paul. And while Steph Curry has been incredible on defense this year, you'd rather just have him on Jay Crowder hanging out in the corner so that <laughs> yes, he, can, he can sprint <laughs> down the sideline going the other way. You have Draymond at the five. Um, though you can make the argument you might want to go with Looney over GP2. I, I like having the backcourt defensive presence that a GP2 provides. He can do the Jay Crowder thing, hang out in the corner. We've seen that yes. as of late. He's been absolutely marvelous as a three-point shooter, uh, though he did have a very low bar to start, so everything has been <laughs> a bonus. Um, you have Clay, you have Wiggins. You can do the two-corner system off a high pick and roll with Draymond. With with you know Clay as sort of a, a trailer or Wiggins as a tight trailer, I'm I, I think that that would be the best closing five. You have a, a, a guy in Wiggins who could, you can put right on Booker, or you can put Clay on him. You have a guy who can just hound CP3 in GP2. You keep Steph out of the fray so that he doesn't find himself in foul trouble. You let Draymond play free safety because you feel confident that you have great on ball defense against the two right. on ball guys. Um, and, and by the way, and I think you just have a, a man advantage across the board there um, if you play GP2. So that, that's where I would lean, though. Listen, you can make an argument for so many other players. It, it, and Steve Kerr probably will not have a locked-in five. It will be won't. Uh, a, something that he feels out. Some nights it might be, and I'm not even joking about this, it might be Jonathan Kaminga. It might be somebody who they want more athleticism on the floor and they want somebody to help out Draymond with that athleticism and, and the ability to go outside and in on defense. I mean, obviously you can make the case for Andre Iguodala and just the intelligence and the smarts. Jordan Poole for the shooting. Uh, Otto Porter for the shooting. Exactly. I mean, yes. the elites as a playmaking five next to Draymond if you feel okay about your general defense. I mean, this is the best part about the Warriors' depth. It is pliable. It is malleable. You can mix and match guys, and you don't feel like you're giving anything up, and, and that has been the key to so much of the Warriors' success. And obviously, it's Steph Curry, and it's Draymond Green, and it's Klay Thompson, and it's you know all the great players that this team has had, and Kevin Durant. But it's, right. it's also, hey, we don't, we don't fall off as hard as other teams fall off when we mix and match with lineups, and we can find ourselves the right pairings for any given night. And sometimes it doesn't work, but most of the time over the last seven years, it has. And uh, I think that, that, you know, Steve Kerr and Mike Brown and all the assistant Alvin Gentry before that, they deserve a lot of credit. And Bob Myers deserves a, a ton of credit for building teams that you can mix and match lineups. You don't have to get locked in on sort of this five man unit, this four man unit. Um, everything is very pliable and that pliability makes them unpredictable. And that unpredictability, when you have this level of basketball intelligence, is an advantage, not a detriment. Yeah, it is insane to me that this Warriors team went from being a, a, a play-in that didn't even make it to the playoffs, and just a year later, you added four vet men's in mm -hmm. Iguodala, Otto Porter Jr., uh, and Gary Payton II's influence is incredible, mm -hmm. uh, Bielitsa, and now they're the best team in the NBA. It's, you're absolutely right with Bob Myers. Uh, I, and, you know, going back to that Phoenix Suns game on Christmas, which to me was an incredibly convincing game, it kind of put the NBA on notice, like, we're the best team in the league from the Warriors. Right. 
Uh, the matchup I saw that was like I loved, I fell in love with immediately was uh, Draymond Green guarding Chris Paul. Uh, because, and it, it really flustered Paul. It really, I, I saw Chris Paul just basically going, damn it. They put the one guy that actually gives me problems. And I saw, and then I saw Gary Payne the second at times guarding Aiden. I mean, it's insane. A six, three guard is suddenly become such a valuable defensive piece. I don't, I don't know if that matchup's going to work if they go at about five to 10 possessions, but the ability to switch everything is that trademark. Warriors defense and Peyton because he's a six foot three power forward. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, he, it's he's, crazy. He's Jay Crowder with with five fewer inches, um, or maybe even seven. Uh, yeah, it, it allows the Warriors are a really stout defensive team. I think oh, that it's maybe incredible. it's still being glossed over, like how stout, how impressive they can be, especially when they lock in. And I think that that's just part of the DNA now. Uh, we made the joke that. Draymond Green was going to win defensive player of the year with the games that he didn't play because the Warriors defense <laughs> might fall apart yes. without him, right? Well, they didn't. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, Utah executed fairly well. I, I'm unimpressed by their lack of athleticism, but you know, they, 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 they got their buckets and they certainly went to the free throw line enough. And Phoenix was able to score a little bit as well. And, and Memphis was able to score. Like, listen, it, it's not, it's never going to be as good as when Draymond's there, but I like the defensive DNA yeah. of this team. I feel like they're all bought in and they know what they're doing on that side of the floor. And for a team that, as you mentioned, has had so many moving parts going into mm-hmm. this season. I mean, Listen, four, five, six different new players and, and now more coming in for them to feel as established and, and strong as they are currently is really, really something to be applauded. This is not normal. You think about all the teams around the NBA right now that are just trying to figure it out and everyone goes, oh, they still got time. The Warriors took absolutely no time to figure out how to be <laughs> one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. And while the offense has been a little bit of a roller coaster, they have Steph Curry. They should be okay yep. on that side of the floor. Oh, and Clay's going to come back hopefully in the next week or two. Uh, when we come back, we're going to pick our all star teams. Let me talk about Clay for a minute and so much more uh, right after this. daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. All right, so I'm going to try this share screen option. For those of you listening, we're obviously going to uh, discuss questions. Yeah, yeah, we'll verbalize it. But uh, all right. So this is uh, the NBA's official uh, page if you want mm. to select um, your all-star team. And uh, let me get this set up here real quick so that the screen looks good. Oh, yeah. How are you liking that go. aesthetic? It's Look at that. Fantastic. So, yeah, right. So um, all right. So in the West, I think you and I would easily agree that Stephen Curry <laughs> gets a vote, right? I think that Steph Curry is going to be a starter in the all-star game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty obvious. Who's the second person here? Who, I'd, who's make, your... I'd make I'd make the case for Chris Paul. I, I think it's hard to argue that Chris Paul hasn't been as valuable as any player in the league this season. Certainly going in towards last, uh, he might not be as well liked uh, around the league. But I, I, listen, I, I can make a case for John Morant. He's missed some time. Uh, Chris Paul has just been steady. The Phoenix Suns have been steady, awesome. 
I think Chris Paul has to be the guy if we have two spots in the backcourt. There you go. And, and, I, and I disagree with you for the simple reason that the Suns' regular season has been so impressive that they need at least one starter. So totally. uh, I'm not going to argue with you there. What about the three forwards? Uh, There's two I don't want to, right? Go for it. Who are your obvious ones? Well, the obvious ones are LeBron James and Nikola Jokic, who are bona fide MVP candidates. I mean, it doesn't even come particularly close. I know that LeBron and Warriors fans don't always necessarily see eye to eye, but take a take a step aside for a moment, and we don't have to laugh at the Lakers uh, to to admit that. My goodness, LeBron is having an absolutely dominant season. He he has been marvelous he is. for that team. That team sucks, but he has been marvelous for them. And, With the exception, um, he's missed a lot of games, though. I mean, that people should take that into consideration because yes, his stats yes, technically when, don't count yet. Well, Go ahead, sorry. He's LeBron James. <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. he's on the floor, you feel every inch of him. Uh, and Nikola Jokic is, is – listen, I think that Jokic is the number one contender for MVP – with Stephen Curry. We can make the argument for Durant. We can make the argument for Giannis. I think it will be a really close race when it's all said and done, but, uh, there's Aiton has been awesome. Uh, I would have him on my, on my all-star team, but Jokic has been unquestionably, um, a starter and should be a starter in the front court. So I agree. Those are tough though. It is. Real quick, I just want to add with uh, Jokic, those 2020 games are, I don't think that you should understate how difficult it is to achieve 20 points, 20 rebounds a game. And he's pulling that fairly consistently lately. So I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, the third one's tough. I mean, I, I for the sake of just, uh, you know, we are the Warriors podcast. I want to pick Wiggins. I do think he deserves it. Uh, what, what are you going with? It's tough because I want to put John Morant in there, but he's not a front court guy. I no, put Paul George in there, but he's out for a while now. I, I don't yeah. think he plays for another couple of months. Um, I mean, I would argue Draymond Green over Andrew Wiggins. Uh, Interesting. I, I don't really yes. think that's much of a conversation. Um, it's tough. There's not a lot of front court dudes now. Is Devin Booker qualify as a, as a front court guy? Or is he a backcourt guy in this? That, that's the thing. He's a guard. I, mean, I don't a like guard. this backcourt frontcourt thing at all. Uh, just give me the five best players, man. It's an all-star game. Who gives a damn? I hear you. No one's but with the restrictions we have, uh, who are you going I with? Vote, I, mean, I, would vote, I would vote Draymond Green. There we go. I'm with you on that, too. Uh, I, I, I think Paul Wiggins George is being a very close second. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And Wiggins, I think, certainly will merit consideration for coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, but there you yeah. go. So that's her. Go ahead, sir. I think Wiggins makes it. I mean, the guys that you have to consider, uh, Donovan Mitchell, who I'm just not the biggest fan of in general, but Donovan Mitchell's an all-star. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Devin Booker is. is an all-star. Paul George yes. is an all-star. Uh, I think you can make an argument against Damian Lillard this year because the Blazers yeah. are do-do, but he's going to be an all-star. <laughs> do-do. Yeah. John Morant is unquestionably an all-star. Like, Without John a Morant's doubt. John one of the five best players in the Western Conference. Uh I would go DeAndre Ayton over Rudy Gobert. I oh, don't easily. Think, I don't think that that's going to end up being the case. Uh, Draymond, not. Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns deserve some consideration as well. Yes, he does. So, um, listen, I, I don't think that Wiggins is going to get voted in. Uh, when it's all said and done, just given everything that's happening with injuries and, and the like, uh, COVID, uh, I, I do think Andrew Wiggins plays in the All-Star game and the Warriors have three guys 
on the all-star team, though this might be the largest all-star team in the history of the NBA all-star game, given everything that's going on that, that could prevent people from actually right. playing in the damn game. Right. Good call on that. So, well, so that's your, these are at least uh, for those watching on YouTube visually, these are our Western conference starters. And uh, to, just for, for the verbal, for the podcast uh, audience, yep. Stephen Curry, Chris Paul, Draymond Green, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic uh, mm-hmm. uh, is our starting five. And the Eastern Conference, uh, let's real quick, who are your, yeah, who's your starting backward there? I mean, DeMar DeRozan, I feel like he's earned it. He's had such an incredible start to this year. Um, the Bulls have the best record in the East. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's two Bulls. I think that Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan deserve to start in Beautiful. the All-Star game. Uh, no he, disagreement there. I think you could very easily make the argument for Trey Young. Uh, I get that. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Lowry deserves consideration. James Harden is going to get a lot of love. Um, I, Darius Garland is in that conversation yes. as well. But given the way that the Bulls are playing as of right now, if we're putting in our vote today, I mean, damn, DeRozan and Levine have been so Levine, sorry, have been so good. Um <laughs> I don't know. It, this is just the, the old Chicago Homer in me. Like I'm, I'm going with the bulls, baby. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I have no disagree with you on that. Um, and, and clearly, at least for me, uh, my picks for the Eastern conference, are, I have very little bias there. So I'm with you on that. Let's, let's go with the bulls backcourt. And then for the front court, uh, Kevin yeah. Durant and Giannis, no I think, are, are, and I guess Embiid is, are, is it, is it pretty easy there? Think, is that what I think it's bang, bang, bang. I don't think there's a yeah. conversation, right? Like Embiid has unquestionably been the best center in the Eastern Conference. Not that that's a distinction that's asked to be made in these all-star things anymore. And then it's Giannis and Kevin Durant. Of course, they're starting and on the team. They're they're two of the best players to ever grace an NBA floor. And uh, they're playing both at, at, I think, an MVP level. Giannis has been insane over the last about two weeks. And Kevin Durant uh, remains uh, a scorer, I I think, without peer, perhaps, in the history of the entire league. So... um, yeah, I'd go with those three. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, do you do you feel like there's any credence to the the latest rankings for the for the NBA's MVP? To me, Steph Stephen Curry. I know this December is always a slow month for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these people who are now saying maybe Jokic deserves it, Giannis deserves it, Durant deserves it. Mm-hmm. I think all those voices are going to be quieted down in a month or so. But for now, you're hearing a lot of arguments. Do you, do you think they're valid? Like, do you think Stephen Curry yeah. is not the overwhelming favorite for MVP right now? Uh, I think those are kind of two different questions, right? Like, I do think that statistically, bookie-wise, Steph Curry is the overwhelming favorite for MVP. I get that. Right. I think that there's a much larger conversation to be had. Um, and I, I just think that at this juncture right now, it doesn't behoove anyone to discount anybody as an MVP. I think that all you're doing, all we're doing right now is we're just sort of separating the the fat from the liquid, right? Like we're just figuring (laughs) out, we're figuring out where the the gold is. And it's pretty clear (laughs) that there's about five players that I think deserve legitimate, uh, who who are going to be in it. And that doesn't include a Chris Paul, that that's LeBron James, Stephen Curry, Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant, and I mean, is there a bull involved in that? Maybe it's just four. Maybe it's just those four guys. I mean, yeah. Um, so I didn't mention Jokic. I'm sorry. So five with Jokic. Five. Um, yeah. 
that's uh, and maybe that's Jokic's big problem. <laughs> we just don't don't do it. It's it's been fascinating over the last couple of years to see um, the way that this narrative award is handled. Uh, Jokic obviously winning last year, an uninspiring victory, sort of won by default in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, not to not to take anything away from him, but nobody is like, oh wow, Jokic, a year for the ages. Everyone's like, I guess we have to give <laughs> yeah. it to Nikola Jokic because he was the best player, but sort right. of. Uh, like it had had this season been at all normal, maybe not. Um, uh, it, there's a long way to go. There's a lot of things that can happen for better or for worse. Those are your five. And uh, I would say that Steph probably has the upper hand. Steph is the strongest of the five digits on the hand there. Uh, he's the thumb. But listen, uh, the way that Durant can go thermonuclear, the way that Giannis is playing – all of these guys, and this is what makes it so interesting to me, like all of these guys have had their moment. All of these guys are widely, there's no surprise in this group. There's no guy who's you know on the up. This is all dudes who have been MVPs of the league. Am I, 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 yeah. Uh, and that takes away one element of sort of this narrative, well, not sort of, it's a narrative uh, award, which is, oh, we should give it to this guy because he hasn't won it yet, or that guy just won it, let's <laughs> give it to this dude. And that goes right. back for decades and decades. I remember when Carl Malone won it over Michael Jordan. Oh, it still pisses me off. That still pisses like, me off. Well, because Michael, you know, blank, blank, and blank. And, and you know, you can make the same case for LeBron. Well, he, you know, he'd win it every year. If you know. Now, no one can make the argument for or against anybody on the basis of history. It's all yeah. about this year right now. And, and the defining factors will come in the months to come. And yeah. uh, I, I think I think it's going to be really awesome for the league. Um, and honestly, the NBA could use it a little bit to have a true, like, bitchin' <laughs> NBA, NBA uh, MVP race because it's been a minute. And uh, those are the kind of things that can grab some casual eyeballs. Yeah. And, and I, God, when you bring up that Carlo and MVP, MVP. There's a few that are incredibly egregious, and to me, that was one of them. And uh, and you and I will agree to disagree on LeBron uh, being yeah. in consideration. For me, it's just a simple fact that he missed so many games, and the Lakers are a 500 team. If they're I get it. if they're better, I, I might reconsider it. His statistically lately, he's been killing it. I'm not disagreeing yeah. on that, but uh, I need to see a little more before we wrap things up. Uh, the the, war the Warriors play the Heat tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Miami Heat, to me, and I reach out to Wes Goldberg. I completely forgot that that this game was tonight, and I reached <laughs> yeah. out to him last minute. He wasn't available uh, to join us. But I think the Heat, to me, are a legitimate contender for the Eastern Conference crown. I don't think they're going to beat okay. the Warriors if they face each other, but I, I think they're underrated. I, I, In my opinion, if the Heat and the Nets play each other in the playoffs, the Heat win that series. Um, but give me your, your uh, you, you might disagree with that. That's just my, mm -hmm. these are obviously very subjective opinions. Oh, yeah. We can go into it in detail on another show. But it, for tonight's game, it's the Warriors and the Heat. Uh, mm -hmm. what, are your, what are your takeaways and what are your predictions uh, for tonight's game? Well, first and foremost, I have no idea who's on the damn Miami Heat, anyway, <laughs> given uh, right. their, their COVID situation. Uh, you know, they're, they're an exceptionally well-coached team that plays hard on both ends of the floor. Kyle Lowry uh, is as underrated a player over the last yeah. 10 years as I think exists in this league and perhaps in all of uh, North American professional sports. He's been... Uh, fantastic for the Miami Heat this year, uh, because what else would you expect? Um, they have systems. They have you know ways of going about their business. They're established, even when they have 
constant turnover. I would expect it to be. Um, I would expect it to be. How about this? I'll err on the side <laughs> of it being closer than not. But uh, at, at this juncture, I mean, my my stance is very clear. Uh, nothing matters until Clay comes back. So if the Warriors get blown out by forty, I don't care. And if the Warriors <laughs> win by forty uh, against the Miami Heat. Maybe I'll care a little bit, but I'm, I, I just I think that as of right now, with everything going on around the NBA, around the world and going on with this team, um, just pace yourself emotionally. Yeah. Understand that when Clay comes back, it's a whole new team and they got to figure out everything new again. Uh, and I think it will obviously go for the better. But this is just a weird in between period that they've had since that Christmas game. And there's been more good than bad. No question, but um, right. Uh, let's uh, you know, let's not worry too much about what happens in the Miami Heat game tonight, unless they're just absolutely awesome. In which case, you know, start mapping out the parade down Market Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, and I'm looking at the preview right now. The line opened at eight and a half. It's gone up to eleven. Oh. Wow. Uh, and the Heat are missing a lot of players. Besides yeah. the obvious, um, Markeith Morris is out. Duncan Robinson is out. Uh, PJ Tucker's out. Uh, Max Struess, Bam Adebayo still has a thumb injury. Uh, I don't know. Like Damian Lee, I'm, I'm hearing speculation he might come back tonight. I don't know if you've heard anything on that. Does that move the line, Cyrus? I mean, are the bookies no. really like locked in and being like, oh, Damian Lee's in tonight. We got to No, I'm just, no, no. And I don't know if Wiggins is playing. I mean, I thought he played. I thought he. It's saying here he's out, but I thought he already came back. So it, it, I don't. I'm confused about whether or not Wiggins plays tonight. But regardless of who's in and who's out, uh, yeah. All you want to see is, is solid defensive rotations, and if Steph Curry is on the floor, get the ball to that guy. Exactly. Exactly. So Dub Nation, enjoy the game. Dieter, a pleasure doing this with you again. Um, and uh, thanks for making Locked on Warriors your first listen every day. Dieter, you're going to be hosting tomorrow and then uh, we'll yeah. be doing this together again on Wednesday. I'm always excited to do that. Sounds like um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Anything you want to you want to preview for tomorrow or uh, no, we'll, we'll, we'll break down everything that happened in the Heat Warriors game. So uh, whatever, whatever uh, disengagement I have now, just know that it will be the exact opposite post-game when I record this podcast. <laughs> and you can follow Dieter on Twitter at Dieter. You can follow me on Twitter at Dogs Surf Roadshow. And you can follow this program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, my brother, you'll, uh, you'll take the realm tomorrow or take the helm tomorrow, I'm sorry, and then uh, we'll be back together on Wednesday. Take the it or one. <laughs> Later.